You never know where you're going if you don't look back. Hold it tight like a fist for it fades to black. You got a relic, best to keep it true. A ticket to the past, it can bring you to. You got a relic, it come far and few. Remember what you do, it comes back on you. A relic, best to keep it true. A ticket to the past, it can bring you to. You got a relic, it come far and few. Check, check. What's good, people? This is the Relic Podcast. I'm Chad Snow, and thank you for listening. I was gone for a minute. I missed last week. For those of you that were paying attention. But I think I had a good excuse. Because my baby Bam was born. On the, uh, shoot, my days are all messed up and scrambled. The 5th? Hold on, let me go back and look at my calendar. No, the 6th, Wednesday the 6th of October. Now, her official due date was the 13th, so she came a little early. But her mom's uh, water broke on the 5th at about 9.15. I was just getting ready to, actually I was sleeping, and she was just getting ready to Go to sleep too. And all of a sudden I get a chat. My water broke. And then it was just all. What do you call it? I don't want to say muscle memory. Because I've never done it before. But it, I've been rehearsing it in my head. And when you're an athlete. And a coach. And a teacher. And all that. You try to stay proactive about stuff. So I had it all kind of up in my head. How it was going to go down. And what I needed to do and stay calm and all that kind of stuff. So, needless to say, we made it to the hospital. It was like 10 o'clock and I was doing pretty good, I think. I think my wife would say so too if you asked her. Staying pretty calm and cool and collected. And even though on the inside I was kind of freaking out, like, oh shit, this is it. But it's not like the movies where the water breaks and then they have a baby like five minutes later. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't, I found out it doesn't work like that. Just a lot of hurry up and waiting. And to backtrack a little bit, there was a, I played Bam song for you guys a couple episodes ago, a song I wrote for Bam. And in the first verse, there was a, a line that said, they gave you less than a 1% chance to make it. Bam said, nope, take that one and I'll break it. And that wasn't a tongue-in-cheek line. She literally had less than a 1% chance to even be born. And we had to, uh, back in last October, so a little over a year ago, we started going through the fertility process because finding out that my sperm, my little guys, didn't swim straight. And then with her age and all that, you know, the, the odds were against us anyway. And then during that fertility, fertility treatment stuff where they, you know, use my sperm and put it in 
and try to fertilize an egg and they try to get a certain number of eggs to be fertilized, etc. I don't know all the science behind it. But when it was all said and done, we had one egg that was worthy to at least try to fertilize. All the other eggs either, you know, died or whatever you call it. I'm not exactly sure, but they weren't, they weren't ready or they weren't good enough, blah, blah, blah. So we had one egg. And then my squiggly sperm and all that. So our, like I said, the odds were against us from the jump. And then it finally took and we got it fertilized, etc. And then they froze it. And then even then it's not a, a for sure bet that it's going to grow and prosper enough where they can put it back into my wife and let it do its thing. Less than a 1% chance. The odds were against her. So now fast forward nine months to two weeks ago, or not two weeks ago, but on the 5th. And we're in the hospital now and in the delivery, you know, the room they gave us where you sit and wait. And again, this is my first child, so I'm not hip to all the nuances of, and the ins and outs of what's going on, but I'm watching the doctors, you know, monitor her, and they put on a strap to measure the heart rate and all that, and they got this, the, the computer screen up that you can see Bam's little heartbeat and mom's heartbeat and all that kind of stuff, and I'm asking questions about, okay, what does that mean? And they're like, oh, the... We just want the heartbeat to stay in this little range. And okay, I get it. So I'm kind of watching it this whole time. And then they give Kenyatta a epidural. And then, you know, again, I'm not a doctor. This is not my, this is my first rodeo. So I don't know everything that's going on, but something wasn't right. And even Kenyatta was like, you know, in a lot of pain and her heart rate was going up and down. And I'm fast forwarding a little bit and skipping over some details, but it got to a point where the doctors finally came in and they're like, um, we have to go like now. C-section time, emergency C-section. And then, so I'm kind of like scrambling a little bit. And by this time, Kenyatta's kind of just out of it. And the doctor's like, we have to go now. And they brought in this like white suit for me to put on and a hat and all that kind of stuff. So I'm kind of thinking I'm going along for the ride. Okay, C-section. Okay. I guess she's coming quicker than we thought. But then they didn't let me go into this room that they were taking her in they had me sitting in the hallway they said oh just go sit there for a little bit which i thought was kind of strange and then i hear this call on the intercom code c code c on the intercom now being a teacher coach etc working in schools and even in 
in uh, group home settings, you have like different codes for different things. And usually they don't, they're not good. Code red, code white, code yellow, code whatever. Code C. But even then, I didn't like jump to a conclusion of, oh shit, this is going to get bad. Until I saw all the nurses like just bum rush this room. So the code C, and I asked one of them, I was like, is everything cool? Oh yes, 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 everything's good. Of course, they're just telling me that to keep me calm, I guess. But I just kept seeing all these nurses just rushing into the room, like all hands on deck. Now I'm thinking something, this isn't normal. They got my wife in this room and all these nurses are rushing in there on a code C. And then a little bit later, I don't know exactly how much time passed. It wasn't a lot. They let me go in. And they're already like, it It was like surreal because there's all these nurses and doctors, whatever they were, doctors, nurses, whatever. And Kenyatta's in there and they're going to work. And it wasn't like, uh, it, was, it was, it was chaos. But I got to be by her side and she's in and out of cut, like just, it was scary. To be honest with you, it was just scary. Cause she was going in and out of consciousness and she was, I could tell she was afraid. Cause we weren't planning on a C-section, an emergency C-section. And I'm trying to talk to her, and she's, like I said, going in and out of consciousness and losing a lot of blood, and it was, it was chaos. That's the best word I can use to describe it. And then, yeah, my, my memory's kind of hazy about it all, but then all of a sudden I hear the doctor, the nurse say, she's here. And I'm like, who's here? He, what? Who's here? Your daughter's here. And then they had me look over the top of this curtain because I, you know, didn't get to see them cutting in on Kenyatta. And all of a sudden they pull the baby up. There's Bam. Now, in my mind, like I said, I'd kind of been rehearsing this moment. And Kenyatta and I had been laughing about it. Are you going to watch the whole thing go down? And are you going to be above the equator, below the equator, all that kind of thing? And I was ready. I was like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch this whole thing. Well, that script got flipped with the C-section, so I didn't get to do that. But all of a sudden, they pulled Bam up, and I'm seeing this baby. And I'm like, Is that, are they supposed to be that color? <laughs> it didn't, didn't look normal. And then it dawned on me, too, when I saw the nurses that, okay, well, she's not out of the woods. Kenyatta's having a C-section. She's losing blood. I got a bam that's being rushed over to this table and they're doing what they can for her so i'm like shit do i stay with kenyatta do i go see the baby do i i didn't know what was going on my head was on a swivel but it all worked out i got to cut the umbilical cord 
Bam was good. But Kenyatta was still struggling. So now it's time for a blood transfusion. C-section, emergency C-section, now blood transfusion. So long story short, she made it through it all. But I'd be lying if I said there wasn't a moment, there, there was a time where I was like, damn, I'm going to lose Bam and Kenyatta. It was only natural to have that pass through my head with all the chaos that was going on. It was a, it was a trip. And I'm just grateful that both women in my life now, well, not women, Bam's not a woman yet, but you get it. They're good. And we're home. And we, they had us stay in the hospital, so Bam was born on the, that Wednesday. And we didn't get out of the hospital till Sunday, so a week ago, they finally let us out. Because they had to monitor Kenyatta and Bam and make sure everything was hunky-dory before they let us go home. And we finally got to make it home. And it's been an adventure ever since. I've, <laughs> I'm learning a lot about the whole eat, sleep, and all shit cycle. And the whole changing the diapers and the whole, just everything. And it's been fun. And it's a journey I'm taking one step at a time. Waking up every morning, it's a new thing. Seeing her. Seeing Kenyatta hold her or feed her or and me getting to feed her. It, we're get, we're, we got a good groove going on. And I even hate saying that. I've said that to a few people where it's like the minute I say, oh, yeah, we got this thing down, a good routine and everything, and then all of a sudden something goes sideways. So I'm ready. I'm always ready to be pivoting. I'm ready to adjust if I have to. But I'm just enjoying the process right now. And I'm just grateful for the opportunity to be a dad to hit home holding her having her look at me wondering what she's thinking listening to her breathe when she's sleeping all those little things I just try to drink it all in and try not to take any of it for granted and if she starts crying and fussing try not to get frustrated about it She's barely two weeks old. Going on two weeks old, so (laughs) I can't expect her to be potty trained yet. So all the things, it's like me being Mr. Routine and regimented and quote-unquote discipline and all that. I can't expect little baby Bam to be that way right now. Even though I'd love it to be. So I'm on her schedule. So that's why I didn't record last week, because obviously we weren't even home until later on Sunday, so that kind of got thrown out the window, and it was kind of tripping me out a little bit, like, ooh, I got to get a podcast in, I got to do... No, you don't. 
You don't have to right now. People will understand. But I was excited to get up here and talk a little bit about it and share a little bit of the experience. And I'll probably be doing a lot of it in and out of the podcast the next few episodes. Little stories here and there. Because like I said, it's a journey. It's a process I'm learning, but I'm embracing. As is life. Solo's adjusting. We're all adjusting. So we got this little miracle baby, bam. Gracing us with her presence. And I'm proud to be your daddy. And thank you all for listening, and thank you for being along for the ride a little bit. I appreciate you guys. Make it a great day. I'm out. You never know where you're going if you don't look back. Hold it tight like a fist for it fades to black. You got a relic, best to keep it true. A ticket to the past, it can bring you to. You got a relic, it come far and few. Remember what you do, it comes back on you. A relic, best to keep it true. A ticket to the past, it can bring you to. You got a relic, it come far and few.